with deeper spiritual practice, with the emotional awareness as well, and cultivating new emotions and new feelings within yourself and holding visualizations of that, of that which you want to accomplish, you can actually bring your entire beingness to new things that you may want to achieve in your performance. Mm. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Max McCoy, and this is Looking Up. Today, I'm joined by Natalie McNeil. She's the author of The Rituals, Simple Practices to Cultivate Well-Being, Deepen Relationships, and Discover Your True Purpose. Natalie is one of those people I look to and was excited to bring on the podcast because I had met her a few times, and I loved how she radiated this loving, open, um, just nurturing energy, but also I looked at her life and I'm like, she's not just this spiritual, open, intuitive person. She's actually like a beast as well. She She's written multiple best-selling books, built many businesses. She connects with some of the highest level thinkers and entrepreneurs in the world. She's a well-renowned speaker. And so I look at her and I see this spiritual, intuitive, you know, someone living with purpose, someone leaving, living almost a philosophical life. But then I look at her results and I say there's no denying what she's achieving in the world and I think that's something I wanted to learn from and so I definitely did on this episode something about me is having a little bit of doubt when it comes to will my philosophical and spiritual journey translate to the life that I want and Natalie's here to say that true change true stepping into the life we really want starts with the emotional, the spiritual, the intuitive feelings that we feel. It starts with aligning with our true selves. And from that place, so much beauty can come. We talk about on this episode, we talk about embodiment, which uh, actual definition is the representation or expression of something in tangible or visible form. So how do we take like this deep part of ourselves and bring it into tangible or visible form? That is embodiment. I don't have a lot of people in my life that are that philosophical, spiritual person while also bringing about great results in their life and living a actual tremendous lifestyle. But Natalie does. And so there's so much to learn from her here. On this episode, we talk about how to step into true embodiment. What is this kind of new direction that personal development is taking? You know, we're kind of moving away from just the mind and we're stepping into the spirit, the intuitive direction, the inner knowing. And so Natalie talks all about that. She gives us specific practices we can use to kind of align with our true selves and to kind of stay clear on where we're going. I reflect back to her some of my fears about following my intuitive guidance. I tell her, like, if I follow this spiritual nudge I have, will I be provided for in the ways that I might if I were to just grind, grind, grind? And we talk about that. Such a valuable episode from such a smart human being and Natalie. And I think there's a lot of nuggets here to take away. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Share the episode with someone if you would like to help support the show. Um, If you like the show, I love when you guys hit me up on Instagram, tell me what you thought, send me a DM, and let's get into the episode. Again, a really beautiful conversation with a beautiful human being and Natalie. How do we step into true embodiment? How do we discover and live out our true purpose? Natalie is a beast and brought uh, a ton of value to us. So I hope you guys enjoy. Here is my conversation with the Natalie McNeil. I loved one of the big posts that made me be like, oh, Natalie is like super aligned with me was at New Year's. You were talking about you were living in Canada, a small town. You had these goals, these dreams, 
of what you wanted to get to and you thought maybe they were too crazy, but then you looked back on the decade and you said like, things panned out for me in ways I couldn't have ever imagined. And I thought that might be an f- interesting place to start. Mm-hmm. Like, where did you come from? And kind of take me through that, maybe that 10 year journey you had in the, until 2020. I was born in Toronto. Love Canada. <laughs> Love Canada so much. I grew up about an hour from Toronto. And it was a city that I lived in, went to school in, was raised in. And I really loved the life that I had created. I was in a long-term partnership. I had built my business. I was experiencing a lot of success by many of the worldly measures of success. And I was also still exploring the depths of myself. I was also still going to workshops and trainings and really diving deeper into this spiritual connection that I felt so deeply and connection to to nature and just to all of life. Mm. So I created a pretty beautiful life. And yet something else was calling me for a little while. And the best way I can describe my last few years in Canada was feeling like a tree planted in a small pot in a living room. Mm. So my roots had nowhere else to expand to. And in that moment or series of moments where I kept feeling like I wasn't living into the fullness of who I felt I was and who I was here to be and my highest potential, I really started to feel like I needed to repot myself. Hmm. And it became more and more clear to me that being in the United States was just where I was supposed to be planted. And immigration is a very long, (laughs) very long journey. And when I chose to start taking that journey, a lot came up for me. And I was in a a ceremony and deep in meditation in Brazil on a trip that I was on. And that's really what started this snowball effect of just having everything burn away. Hmm. And that's the message that I kept getting was that everything had to be burned away for me to truly be living into that potential and to be where I was supposed to be. And that if I could trust, if I could surrender, if I would just allow it all to be burned away, as scary as that was, that on the other side was just a life beyond what I could even see for myself in that moment. And I saw glimpses of it in meditation and in ceremony and I slowly started letting everything be burned away. And I left a relationship that I had been in for over a decade. I left the home that I loved. I left family and friends and ended up here. And I think the part of the journey that you were speaking about and that you connected with me on was that that being here, planting myself here Mm. and being able to look around at so many aspects of my life and see all around me these dreams that I had once dreamed, these visions that I had once been getting glimpses of. Mm. And here I am. And that's been a very 
It's been a long journey. So that sort of encapsulates yeah. a decade of what, and what were some my of, life. What were some of those dreams that you felt like came true or you, know, you maybe didn't expect that did come true for you? I mean, today I am living by the beach. I remember as a 16-year-old first coming to California, and I asked my parents to go to California so many times. I was like, <laughs> I want to visit California. Yeah, yeah. It's like it was in me from such a young age. I felt mm. like I was going to be living in California, even though I had never been and wow. didn't know much about it as a child. So when I first came here when I was 16, I remember being on the beach down in Venice and like walking the beach and looking at the coastline and just feeling in my soul like this is where I'm living. I don't know when, I don't know how I'm getting here, but this is where I'm going to be and I'm going to be walking this beach. I've always had a very strong connection to my future self and my future self has been a guide to me in many ways. and. I could just see these glimpses and I could see my future self walking that beach and walking up the coast and being here. So it's still, there's so many moments when I'm on the beach, just down the road from where we're, we're recording this. And I can, I can see that and I can feel it and I can see mm. my past self, my 16 year old self, and I can see my future self and just mm. the connection to this space. So that's a really, really big one, mm. California. Yeah. And then my business, I've also felt for a very long time like the work I'm now doing, this work of personal transformation, of diving into the depths of yourself, of transforming on every level and every layer of your being, that that's the work that I'm supposed to be doing and bringing different modalities and teachings and trainings that I've learned from my studies over more than a decade of exploring myself, working with different healers and teachers and getting different certifications, I am now so ready to just jump fully into that with the work that we're doing at the Embodiment Institute. Mm. And creating that required me to, to release different streams of revenue and different industries that I had been working in and a lot of the work that I was doing with entrepreneurs. Some of it I'm still doing, but a lot of that has now shifted as well. Hmm. So work has shifted, life has shifted. Hmm. I am in a beautiful partnership now with someone who really meets me and takes me deeper. And that feels really dreamy that we get to do this work together. We've both studied a lot of different modalities like Tantra and meditation and breath work. So hmm. to be in a partnership where I get to have that and go deeper is also incredible travel and different experiences community that i'm surrounded by here is just so epic as well and a community that really feels like my soul family it feels like home it feels like i get to be around people who are are mirrors for me to see places where i'm not living into my potential or places where hmm. i still have shadow work to to do and dive into so hmm. I just love it all. I love it. <laughs> I just love this life. I wake up every morning and I'm just like, ah, I'm so <laughs> grateful for this life that I get to live. How did this happen? 
And I, I have this sunset gratitude ritual too that I often do on the beach as the sun's going down, just gratitude for the day, just a, a mm. flow. And it's like, ah, oh, mm. I'm so grateful for this, mm. for this life and for all these little pieces of it and all the people that I get to be in relationship with here, including you, mm. like, mm. Mm. <laughs> I hear that. And the something about the, something about the sunset definitely makes you just emit that gratitude. Mm. But mm-hmm. something I love that you said was your strong connection to your future self. Cause I think mm. that is, super important and that's something I resonate with and it's kind of what drives everything that I do is this vague idea of what this future could look like and it's so vague and I'm still piecing parts of it together and so to hear you feeling like you know 10 years and I feel like I'm finally stepping into that future self that I was seeing for myself that is super inspiring to me so I want to ask like when you're in that business stage you're saying like you know you were creating a lot of success for yourself business wise like did you intuitively feel like that was because I think that's where a lot of people start early on in their journey including me is like let me take care of this pillar let me get safety in the form of financial security or whatever that is let me make something of myself right away Um, did that feel like intuitively a part of you becoming that future self or did it it become separate if that makes sense like um, did that feel as a means to an end or was that something that you said I'm doing this and now I need to completely 180 pivot I trust the calling of my soul. Soul is the word that I use. Some people will feel it in their heart or feel their intuition in another way. We all have various, um, we all have access to intuition and we experience it in various ways. You know, Claire, cognizance is just a knowing clairsentience is where you feel it Mm. so sometimes when we are so clairvoyant is is visions and i have a lot of clairvoyance as Mm. my as part of my intuition Mm. and sometimes people are like i don't i can't visualize things in meditation Mm. you know we often get guided through visualizations and some people it's not how they experience their intuition and doesn't always serve them which is just a side note on I, why I think I, it's so important for people. A lot of side notes, please. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> just so important for people to understand how their intuition is accessed and to deepen in the way that they feel most connected and, and how they receive that information. Mm. So for me, it's a lot of clairsentience. It's a, it's a feeling. There's also claircognizance sometimes and knowing. Clairaudience is when you hear things. Um, clairvoyance is when you see things. And for me, my intuition has always guided me, even in business. So when I was really in my business... Okay, yeah. We're good? I'll just leave it. Yeah. Okay. Um, when I was running my company when I was running the company that I had when I was first starting out. I was in like media and marketing and then I shifted and I built this brand called She Takes on the World Mm. and that offered business trainings and programs and events for women entrepreneurs. And then now my work with the Embodiment Institute, that whole path was always guided by intuition. So at the time that did feel like it was my highest path forward. And that is what my intuition was telling me to do. And Mm. I was trusting it. Mm. One of the questions I ask myself often is what is my highest and best use at this time Mm. with who I am, with the connections that I have, the information I'm receiving. 
what is my highest and best use in this moment? And when the businesses that I've had in the past or what I've focused on in the past has no longer felt in alignment with my highest path forward, I'm always open to pivoting, to Mm. trying new things, to doing it a different way, to listening to what's next. Mm. That is easier said than done though. So with a business like She Takes on the World that I was running for over a decade, feeling called into something else. And there was a series of, of events and even some things that happened that were traumatic that were pushing me into that into that new direction as well. Mm. And we, we need to listen. If we're not listening to the whispers of our intuition, eventually life will mm. roar at us, will create situations. I literally had um, someone that I, I know very well, a dear friend of mine, she was being called to something else and yet she was staying in the same job, staying in the same job. Until one day her office roof literally collapsed. It Mm. just collapsed. Like she no longer had that space and was like, all right, (laughs) now it's time to listen. Eventually we'll get (laughs) signs that are like louder and more clear. But I have been really good at trusting the whispers Mm. along my path. Mm. And when, when they were scary, like you said, like sometimes it's harder to listen to those whispers. And I've heard you say on your, your new podcast, which is great, by the way. Thank you. Um, you know, you had many times where you were like, I don't know if this path will provide for me in the way that I know this, uh, this other path has. Mm. And that that's, is, the, that's one of the hardest things. That is me. one of the hardest things. And that's what yeah. I, I think I love about you is that you seem like you are dancing this balance between you want to have a life that, you know, is abundant and whatever, you know, fulfills all your boxes for you, but it's also aligned and spiritual and soulful. And there's Mm -hmm. so many people in my life that I look to for spiritual and soulful wisdom and advice. And it's hard for me to take their words and really believe them sometimes because I'm like, at some point you're not embodied and integrated in in all ways, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense, Mm -hmm. where it's like you haven't taken that wisdom and that soul knowledge and applied that to almost real life yes yes and so what has that been for Uh, you and there's always another there's always another layer to dive into you know we are here on these paths on our own journeys and there is only the journey we don't get to a point one day where we just live in enlightenment many Mm. of us have glimpses of enlightenment we have enlightened moments we have moments where we are embodying our highest truth and we're embodying the the teachings and the wisdom that we have received but those are often in moments Mm. and then we get pulled back into the world and then it's our work to continue Mm. to embody more and more of our highest self more and more of our learnings i see embodiment as an installation of the programs that we are downloading so if you think of your hard drive and you think of downloading a new program to your hard drive if you don't install that program it's pretty useless on your computer you can't use it so many of us are just downloading more and more information and courses and books without actually installing them, Mm. which is the embodiment piece. Mm. And we have to go through that process. If we're constantly in a space of just downloading without integration, without embodiment, we're not actually learning anything at all. 
I remember listening to um, Tom Chi, who's part of um, Google, specifically on the venture side, talking about zero learning and how even with companies that he's investing in, he's making sure that every single week those founders, those teams are taking any data that is coming in, taking any learnings and actually applying them. Mm. Otherwise, he considers it to be a zero learning week. Yeah. And I think we all can be a little bit more mindful of embodying our learnings because we're bombarded at we're bombarded with more information than at any other point during human history right here and now when we're spending hours on social media and news and like it, it's just coming at us constantly we need space for integration we need nature we need periods of silence we need to do the digital detox so that we can be embodied in that and you're right we we see so many people in the world who maybe hold that wisdom or know things but it's not embodied it's not mm. integrated they're not actually walking that talk mm. and i think it is a really important part of where we are going next as humans mm. and how was that process for you embodying i've mm-hmm. i love what you just said because i recently had like a couple months ago actually just a very spiritual deep dive weekend where I was unplugged and I dropped real deep into things like meditation and um, some ceremonial things and one of just the purest messages I had was Max you've been learning for years now and you've been trying to read books and like podcasts and trying to fill your brain with information that you gravitate to but at this point it's it's time to put that down for a little bit and start embodying. And so as you were saying that, it was like some knowing in part in me was like, <laughs> there it is. Like you've kind of forgotten this, but um, that has been the hardest. That's been one of the hardest things to do is to put the the books down, to put the podcast down, and to start embodying all the things yeah. that I have learned. So here's the thing: we are trained, we are conditioned to want instant results. Mm. We are trained to have things happen fast and like fast busy action we just value especially in the western world especially in america we value that over going slower and taking time Mm. and being more in flow yeah and that's one of the things that can be hard i think for people to overcome when they're in a situation like you're in now where you're like, okay, I'm ready to install those programs because we're conditioned to always be chasing what's next, what's coming next. Okay, I've learned this. What's the next thing I can learn? Okay, I've achieved this goal. What's the next goal that I can go after? Embodiment integration requires you to actually slow down. Hmm. It requires you to stop consuming and it's hard for us to stop consuming. We're used to consuming. Like the, the moment that we wake up in the morning, how many people listening go right to their phone, turn off their alarm on their phone, and then start checking email, start scrolling through news or social media or whatever it is. It, it's a lot of people who Most are people. starting their day that way. So we're starting from a place of consumption. Yeah. And there is so much noise. Mm. There's so much noise. I'm actually recognizing it for myself on a whole other level because as I'm building out the Embodiment Institute and stepping into a new book coming out and a lot of uh, action and being a little bit more in startup mode than Mm. (laughs) I've Mm. been in a while, 
And one of the things I've enjoyed most about the last few years is I've been off social media a lot. Mm. And I used to be a social media super user Mm. and like quote unquote influencer. And I was constantly creating content and putting content out and building audience and we would receive, I mean, I've received death threats on my YouTube channel, especially when talking about anything related to like feminism or women's Whoa. empowerment. I have received the most disgusting messages and I didn't miss that yeah. <laughs> over the last few years yeah. of being more Jeez. like behind the scenes and doing that embodiment work and creating what's next. Like I didn't miss any of that. And now that I'm back on it, it feels like it's even on a whole other level. And I'm just noticing how much noise there is. And all of that noise drowns out our inner voice, Mm. our access to intuition. So where I'm at right now is figuring out what that balance is. And I absolutely know that anytime I am training in something new, learning something new, there has to be a period of integration. I can't finish one training or one course and be signed up for another one right away or doing several simultaneously. Mm. I need to move one book at a time, integrate that book, Mm. integrate any of the lessons that were really valuable for me. I need to do one course at a time, Mm. integrate it, embody it. So that's the the balance that I'm trying to find right now. And I definitely don't have all the answers. I'll never pretend I have all the answers. But I'm noticing that the more I slow down, which sometimes feels counter to what the world is telling me to do, the more I slow down, the more I have access to my intuition, the more I solve problems faster. Hmm. Because I immediately see the answer to any problem or any question. Hmm. And that's what meditation, that's what the slowness gives me. I could sit in front of my computer and try to force out an article or a part of my book and try to do it fast. But when I go slow and I just am in meditation more and listening, I can create something much faster. It just flows through me Hmm. and I'm actually seeing profound benefits in going slow Hmm. and how I'm actually, it's the strangest thing because I had so much story around If I was following this new path, maybe I wouldn't be taken care of financially. Like, what if my finances start to completely crumble because I'm doing something new and it's just in the complete opposite? Like, everything has expanded from that place of just allowing myself to contract for a little bit. And I think that we need the contraction to have further expansion. Mm. I definitely have felt like when I can remind myself to slow down and drop in and listen and unplug from social media and all the input that it's maybe beforehand when I was plugged in there was 10 things to do but now all of a sudden there's one or two things to do with like my whole heart energy and focus and it's it's understanding for me those vital few rather than doing the trivial many and feeling like I'm on a hamster wheel yes essentialism and I actually see that you've got that book Mm. Over there One as of my well. Favorites, yeah. So tell me more <laughs> about this. That. You had that financial note right there, and that's, I think, the biggest one. I think a lot of us and the people I talk to, um, you know, we have that draw to what our inner knowing wants to do, and we have that idea of our ideal future, and maybe that first step. But that first step can be the scariest because it's like, 
I don't know if I'll be financially taken care of there. Have you ever felt that way? Oh, yeah. And taking the step towards yes. like your intuition? and Yeah, absolutely. Tell me about that. So especially with my move, my move cost me a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> For me to move and immigrate, it was oh, a wow. huge a, investment. A like move. a lot of what I had saved, it felt scary because it felt like I had so much momentum at that time and I was breaking momentum and I was also spending a lot. Mm. And that was really terrifying for me because I was spending more and allowing my savings to drop to a level that I no longer felt comfortable with. And in that discomfort, I was really able to see where I had attachments to things Mm. that actually were not aligned with what I truly wanted for my life. Mm. We get stuck in these cycles, I think, of feeling like we should have something or I am this age, so I should have the house. I should have had this car by now. I should have, sometimes it's family, I should have a family by this point in my life or I should have been able to save this much. People get stuck in these cycles of feeling like they're not where they think they should be or where they thought they would be at a certain age or stage. Mm. And then they start to get really hard on themselves and critical. And then that creates a cycle of not being able to grow or a cycle of not being able to see that there are other doors open, there are other paths available. Mm. And actually, I don't, I can see now and I know that I don't need a lot to be happy. And in downsizing a little bit, when I came to LA, I live in a beautiful building. I have like a pool and concierge and all these services that I love having, but I don't need the big house with my own pool. I'm happy to live in a nice apartment with access to these services Mm. and save some money, have more money for like travel and adventure because that's one of my highest values. Yeah. It's why I think that we need to get really clear on what our values are. Mm. And we need to get really clear on what I call the essences in our longings or in our desires. So if you desire to have a certain amount of money, if you desire to have a million dollars sitting in liquidable assets like in bank accounts, it's not about what you desire to have as a number it's about the feeling that you believe that will allow you to feel or the emotion you believe that that will bring on Hmm. so if you want a million dollars and you ask yourself and inquire about why you actually want that it's because you believe that you will feel more free it's Hmm. because you believe you will maybe be able to travel more. You'll be able to do more things. It's because you believe that that's when you'll feel abundant. You believe that you won't have to worry at that point. If you have a million dollars in the bank, you don't have to worry about anything. And I can tell you that is not true. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what people get stuck in chasing things because they believe that having that thing is going to allow them to feel something or experience an emotion that they can actually access right now. So when I'm clear on the essences of what I desire, and I call them in the Embodiment Institute and in my transformational embodiment coaching framework, I call them the essences of embodiment. 
when I'm clear that essences that I hold to be very important for me in my life, when I'm clear on the essences like abundance and freedom and creativity, I am on a daily basis taking inventory of whether or not my actions are aligning with those essences and whether I am embodying those essences now. So if I am the embodiment of creativity, how does creativity move through the world? Mm. If I am the embodiment of abundance, mm. how does abundance move through the world? Mm. What is abundance saying? What is abundance hearing? Mm. Abundance, when, when I am the embodiment of abundance, I am grateful for every transaction I'm able to make. Every time I swipe my card or use Apple Pay, I am like, mm, thank you, thank mm. you. I can make this purchase. And there's more where that came from. When I make a big purchase, like, ooh, you know, thousands of dollars are going out. I'm so grateful for that. And I know that so much more is coming in. Mm. I believe when I am embodying abundance that I have a debit card to the infinite abundance of the universe. Mm. And I don't worry about money. I trust that I will be taken care of because I have evidence that even when I've been in fear around money, that I have always been taken care of. Mm. That I have always had people who have supported me when I've gone through challenges. Mm. That there's always been a room for me to stay if that, if it came to that, if that had to be an option for me to stay with a friend for a while or stay with my parents for a while, I have options. And so I can move through the world knowing that I'm taken care of. Hmm. So that's the way that I think. <laughs> it's yeah. a little glimpse into how I see things and how I show up. No, that makes sense. I think I've been thinking about it lately, specifically with money. And I'm like, as I continue to tap into my truer nature I've been curious like I told you with my spiritual friends you know I, I don't see them living this like this life that really feels that supportive and I'm like I wonder what's going on there and so I've been curious in that if I'm living in this soulful intuitive place in my true nature I wonder if I will ever get to that point of being you know maybe quote unquote like oh I don't have to worry about money like I'm I'm taken care of, but I like that you said, essentially, like, we don't maybe need as much as we think we do. Mm -hmm. And I tap that back to nature, like what animals in nature essentially have more than they need. Uh -huh. And when are they not taken care of? It's like, we, our needs are always taken care of. But for me, I guess, it's that, that illusion that if I have, you know, this two-year buffer, then I can relax and breathe and be okay. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe I don't need to, to receive that before I feel that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, that, that's exactly what you just said is really important. Maybe I don't need to, to have that to, to, feel that to feel it. Yeah. And the way that I look at embodiment and specifically my transformational embodiment methodology is that we be it first. We feel the feelings first. Mm -hmm. If you desire something in your future, what are the essences in that desire? And then how can you embody that? How can you feel that now so that your actions actually stem from being inspired by that way of being mm. and the actions are deeply aligned? Mm. Because when people say that they want to mm. 
embody, this is one that came up with a, a client in one of my group programs recently. She wanted to embody deep, unconditional love. And specifically, she wanted somebody else to be unconditionally loving toward her in a relationship. So she was wanting a relationship where she felt deeply loved and she was she was feeling unconditional love. And so we started looking at embodying unconditional love. If you are the embodiment of unconditional love right here and right now, what actions are you taking? And then we go deeper into an inquiry of where are you acting out of alignment with unconditional love, which you say you want more than anything else? Mm. And then we were able to look deeper at, oh, I'm dating someone right now and I'm seriously judging that person. Mm. And I can't be unconditionally loving and in harsh judgment at the same time. Mm. I can't. I can't expect someone else to unconditionally love me when I'm not even unconditionally loving myself and I'm so critical and judging myself. So it opens us into a deeper inquiry of where we're not acting in alignment with our values. Mm. And I've got to see this in so many areas of my life and going back to the financial piece and abundance, like I've been some of the happiest days of my life, like where yeah. I could close my eyes and be like, Ooh, let's pull out a happy day <laughs> have been when I've been staying at like a $400 a month room in Thailand on this like beautiful beach and eating delicious food and being in community with people and like swimming in the sea and just like being in meditation and being in nature and spending a lot less than I spend living here. Yeah. And I, I'm just so happy yeah. without all the things that we have access to here in Los Angeles. Mm. And I'm just so happy. I love that. Yeah. Staying in like a, a hut in the back of somebody's home, like a little guest house. Yeah. Yeah. I love the the experiment. Like, what is it that I fear most? And then if that were to happen, would that be so bad? Like for me, I think about some of when I was the most poor too, and I was traveling and just like broke. And those are some of my best memories. So when I can get clear on that, it feels a lot more spacious. But I love that you reminded me that, uh, you know, you have to kind of think of that end result and that end feeling that you want. This can be applied to anything. I'm just using the money example, but mm-hmm. there is such a different energy to seeing the end result kind of imagining that feeling and then starting to act in accordance with that feeling rather than what is it that I don't want? I don't want to be left feeling poor. I don't want to be, and it's, it's two different energies. Am I acting out of yes. the fear of not having this? Um, so I must go, go, go and, and make sure that I'm taken care of so that I'm not poor. Or do I act out of this place of, you know, I would love to feel free and abundant and creative and in flow and then acting out of that. Absolutely. Yes. And the majority of people will act when something is, wrong. So if they are stuck in something or they don't want something, that's a place that most people actually act from. Yeah. And it's actually a reaction. Yeah. It's a reaction to a present circumstance or something that they don't want, which creates more energy around what you don't want. Mm. Whereas when you are allowing the future to pull you, when you are allowing a desire to pull you and you are acting in alignment with that future desire, you are very thoughtfully responding to the desire instead of reacting to the fear. And that is going to bring you much closer 
to that which you truly desire mm. and that which is your highest truth. I love the differentiation between being like pushing and being pulled. And I actually recently just like got clear on that journaling with myself. I was like, there is a difference between, uh, you know, going, 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 and then feeling as if you're being pulled. And there's no other, there's no better feeling. We talked about the connecting to your future self. For me, there's no better feeling than feeling pulled by my future self. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And then the, the doing is very inspired by just your beingness, mm. by how you're being in that moment. And the energy of being pulled, really think about this. If you're listening, you're watching this, think about the energy of, of being pulled towards something and the energy of pushing against something. What's going to feel more expansive? What is, what is more exhausting? Yeah. And what do you want to choose for your life? Mm. So I want to, you just impressed me as a human being. And so I want to kind of start to unpack kind of the essential. There's so many things you said about like traveling and, you know, you've gotten your certifications and there's so much experience to unpack, but maybe we could take some low hanging fruit. Um, in terms of like finding out what's in alignment for you and what's out of alignment for you, what are like one to two practices that you lean on that have like allowed you to stay, um, you know, aligned and and I call it like I've heard this being put as protect the asset protect you're the asset mm -hmm. you know your energy your brain your body like what are some things that you do what are some staples for you to know what's in alignment and out of alignment to just keep yourself refined mm, great question the first one is my stream of consciousness practice well it's not my stream of consciousness practice stream of consciousness is a practice that many creatives have used for decades and decades that yeah. many artists and writers and creatives have used a stream of consciousness practice which is allowing a question asking yourself a question or allowing thoughts on a particular topic to drop in and the way that i do this is i sit in meditation with a question for contemplation or a thought or an idea and I ask to, the exact process for me is like I empty myself, I ask spirit to work through me, and I pick up the pen, mm. and you don't stop writing until it's all out. Mm. You don't take your pen off the paper, mm. and you just allow your intuition, spirit, whatever you want to call it, mm. God to speak through you mm. and onto that paper. It's a great way to just get out of your head, yeah. drop into your body, drop into your heart mm. and see what's actually there. And I'm always mesmerized by what is on that page. When I ask a question and I'm like, you know, what is my highest truth or what does my highest self want me to know right now is a question that I love. My book, The Rituals Journal, gives you a daily stream of consciousness prompt, which is a great practice to just get into habitually. Mm. And from that place, I really feel deeply connected to my truth, to my heart, to my intuition, to my soul. So that's a really big practice for me. Mm. And space is the other thing that I think is so essential to knowing what is in alignment for you. Space, whether that is committing to not working on the weekends, doing a digital detox on the weekends, going out into nature as a daily practice, going out for a couple hours into nature every single day, 
mm. without your phone, without connecting to technology or the outside world and to dive into your inner world, mm. that can be a meditative process. I don't believe people need to prescribe themselves to, you know, 30 minutes a day or an hour a day of meditation. And meditation can mean so many different things. I believe a meditation practice of some sort is very valuable for some people that might be a walking meditation out in nature. Some people may enjoy sitting. Some people may enjoy something completely different that still brings them into a state of pure presence. Mm and aliveness and connection. So whatever that may be for you is totally okay. Mm. You know, I feel like I can spend many parts of the day in meditation at this point mm. and mindfulness and bringing mindful awareness to what I am doing. So stream of consciousness That's and digital detox. Mm. And if you can like every quarter disconnect for a couple of weeks, I know depending on your unique circumstances, not everybody can do that. Mm -hmm. But the more often you can disconnect from consuming and from allowing technology to just have a, you know, it's like an IV drip into you, pouring information into you, the more you can disconnect from that, the more you can hear your own inner truth because there's conflicting information. There's information that you don't know what to believe. Mm. I think we've really <clears throat> seen that with some of the things that have been happening in our world where yeah. there's so many contradicting articles and all of that. Like we need to, we need to get rid of that, stay informed, <laughs> but stop allowing it to just pour into you. Like you have a, an information. IV is the IV. best way to put it. <laughs> I love those two though. For me, journaling uh stream of consciousness writing has been like a staple for me and finding mm -hmm. clarity and I, I dipped into that world because like you said it's a creative a lot of creatives are into that space and uh for me that has been one of the most powerful ways to connect to like you said the the spirit or unconscious it's just the answers that i receive through the journal my audience knows i talk about it all the time is this ridiculous and it's um but that is a good reminder too that meditation doesn't need to be sitting in a meditation for me when i'm too caught up in like the day-to-day -day monkey mind stuff sitting down for meditation sometimes isn't so easy to do so i've been surfing i've been taking more walks with my dog just something to get me out of my head and kind of just like grounded i think that's a good reminder that that is too like a meditation so everybody has something like that they can do that just makes them feel maybe like themselves maybe a little more grounded yes um, and so that, those are two that kind of help you with alignment. I want to almost on the other side of the coin, you're, you're a multiple, you've written so many books, you've, you know, you've built businesses, like you are not just sitting in the ether kind of like attracting things to you, you are actually building things that are in alignment with yeah. you. <laughs> and you're such a crazy good communicator. Like you are- Thank you, Max. You, when I first heard you at your, um, the rituals, your book launch party, you you talked about like this metaphor with the oak tree and how we're all kind of like these acorns and you have to just keep dropping um you have to just keep dropping you know things that are true to you and eventually one of those acorns will sprout and become an oak tree and you don't necessarily know which one's going to sprout and that i remember so deeply and that's just a testament to him like this woman is such a beautiful storyteller communicator um and not of just like mundane things but things that really resonate with my heart so i really admire that I, ask, I say that because I'm like, is that one of those pillar skills that you have invested in yourself is communicating, storytelling, or is that something that comes natural? 
And like, what are some pillars for you in terms of making manifest the things that are in alignment for you? Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Loaded question. question. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few, a few different yeah, directions yeah. that we can go in there. I think for one, sure. to some degree, communication has come naturally to me because when I look at my report cards growing up at school, when I think about how I was as a child, I did speak, people would often say that I felt like an old soul or that I was speaking like beyond my years. And I remember in the first grade or second grade, sometimes I would get sent to like the third or fourth grade classes and my teachers would let me go and spend time in those classes when they were doing, we called it language arts. Language arts was like the English communications (laughs) course in, um, in elementary school in Canada. Yeah. I wonder if we call it language arts. (laughs) My teachers would let me go and do the language arts classes of the higher grades, and that was really amazing for me. And I feel I got a lot of nurturing of those skills Mm. as a child. And I also did public speaking competitions as a kid. Oh, wow. So I was learning about how you can work with your voice so that Mm. your voice carries more. I was learning about Mm. tonality and how we can speak in ways that allow people to hear what we're saying in different ways so in some in some ways yes it was natural and it was also developed from a younger age Hmm. that being said i'm always investing in myself and i always believe that there's another layer to go to not from a place of needing to be better and needing to improve but from a place of curiosity and wanting to always be in a place of expansion and learning new things and making those, those shifts within myself. It's fun for me to do that. I enjoy the process. So I have done things like voice training and speaker training, and I've learned from a lot of people in that space. I also, like you were talking about, I, I do things still, even though I live from this place of connection and intuition and I love tapping into my feminine nature and just spending time being wild and free and not having direction, I see the value in direction, in goal setting, in that achievement because that's what allows me to bring all of my learnings to other people which i feel is part of my highest path Mm. and the way that i've done that and i believe we all have our own ways of (laughs) being and of doing the way that it's been for me is allowing my masculine and feminine and we all have masculine and feminine energy within us I allow my masculine and feminine to be co-CEOs in my life and my business. And as the feminine is creating and exploring and in that like expansiveness and experiencing a lot of energy and vision and all of that, I allow all of that to be channeled and it gets channeled by my masculine being able to hold a container in which all of that can flow into so that I can still be doing things in the world, so that I can still be building a business and sharing my work with other people and 
teaching and hosting events. Yeah. So it's just been for me finding a balance between being and doing, between head and heart, between masculine and feminine. And that's a big part of now this body of work that I'm creating at the Embodiment Institute as well. Hmm. What are some of those structures that you, those masculine structures that you've put in place to channel your feminine? What does that look like? Yeah, things like Asana, <laughs> <laughs> things like project management systems. Ah. And I have this practice, it's a visualization for me of having a boardroom. There are different ways that I use my boardroom or council room. Hmm. And one of those ways is having that playful part of me, like the playful, wild child, feminine sit down with the like manager, masculine directional part. And they kind of have conversations and they negotiate and they mm. plan things together mm. so that those different parts of me are, are balanced and expressed. Mm. And it almost looks like a negotiation of sometimes the the playful part the feminine part the wild part being like i don't want to work this week and i don't want to do anything i don't want to have anything on my schedule i don't want to have any calls and then that other part of me being like okay but we we need to have a few calls so like can tuesday and thursday be call days and then monday wednesday friday you get to have all the freedom you want and you don't have to do any work or have yeah. any like set commitments you can be in your creative flow and there's just that ongoing discussion of uh -huh what these different aspects of me need mm. and how they can be expressed. Mm. I notice with my inner child as well, if I'm ignoring my inner child for too long, my inner child gets very upset. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, too much responsibility, too much work, yeah. let me play. Yeah. So sometimes I bring my inner child into the boardroom and be uh, like, what do you need right now that you're not getting? I like this idea of the boardroom. Mm. Is this in your journal? This is, or can you do this all internally? It's in my journal. You know, it's, in one of, it's on one of my meditation albums. Cool. And it is, do you know what? It is in, it is in this book. It's here somewhere. The rituals for people It's here listening. somewhere. Yes. We'll find it after so that you can play with it. Um, the other thing that I do with the boardroom is I allow, I, I allow different like archetypes and different aspects of myself to come together for different planning or things that I want to embody. So let me give you an example of that. If I feel like I'm stepping into a period of work or there's something going on in my life where I need to embody more like warrior energy, yeah. which doesn't feel so natural to me, but mm. sometimes it's a, an amazing thing to have access to, I will, and for me, the, the warrior at my table happens to be Khaleesi, Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Mm. And so she's one of the people in my council room, in my boardroom. And mm. when I need to step into that, I imagine her like light, her essence. I imagine breathing it in wow. on my inhalations, breathing that in and being like, okay, I'm, I'm filling up with that. I'm stepping into this. And then when I'm done, I can almost take that off. Wow. I can release it and I can give it back to her. And it's like, she's the holder of that warrior energy for me wow. because if I wear that for too long if I am holding that for too long and I'm in that state for too long I get very drained by it yeah. I get burnt out it's imbalance yeah yeah it's a way that I manage my energy or there's another one there's the lover 
and she's this like goddess-like being that is at my boardroom table as well. And sometimes if I've been in work mode for too long or if I've been disconnected from my relationships, from my partner, I step into that space Mm. of just embodying the lover and moving more into my sensuality and taking that on. So I love to play with energy. That's just one way that I play with energy. And now mm. it it's not so much of a process as it is something that comes naturally to me, like walking into a meeting, I may quickly drop into that energy, that warrior energy or whatever mm. I, I feel is the energy for me to approach that particular meeting or person with. I love that. That's like a Jungian psychology type approach <laughs> to like connecting to certain aspects of your psyche. I, I like the warrior one too. And I, I like the idea of attaching someone that embodies the, the attribute you're trying to go for in that time and kind of tapping into them energetically. And then that way you can release it back to them so it doesn't kind of drain you. Can you like paint me a picture on the podcast, your podcast? You talk about this really well. I, I would love to hear you. I love how you articulate it. Like where has personal development been right now? Where do you see it's lacking, the personal development space? And how can we begin to tap into that kind of, we've, we've been talking about it this whole conversation, but how can we begin to move in that right direction, personal development wise? Mm. Yeah, so the new podcast reveal, I talk about this new paradigm of personal development that I believe we are moving into. And I believe that the old paradigm of personal development was really focused around masculine archetypes. It was focused more on the doing. It was focused on improving ourselves from a place that was not necessarily in alignment with our highest truth or highest desires. It was like, I need to improve myself and almost getting addicted to that Mm. instead of being in a place of unconditional love and acceptance of ourselves. Mm. I believe that this old paradigm of personal development was also more about habits and automating things and doing it the fast way. This new paradigm of personal development that we are stepping into, I believe, really brings more of a balance to the masculine with the feminine. We're stepping into a space where that beingness is something that we are valuing and exploring and having the doing arise from the beingness. Mm. I believe that we are moving into a space of rituals being something that we engage in just as much as habits. Mm. The nature of a habit is automatic. We need habits for certain things. There are benefits to having habits, but habits bring us into a space of almost robotic doing, whereas rituals allow you to bring presence to what you're doing. Mm. Rituals are about tapping into yourself and your true nature, and it's not so so rigid. Mm. I also believe in embodiment over just mindset. So another big part of this old paradigm is that mindset is everything. Mm. That has been a, a myth, a, a lie that we just keep telling ourselves. Like mindset is everything. We see it in the business world too. 
People have mindset coaches and yes, mindset is important, but the mind is only one layer of our being. And when I say layers of being, this work is rooted in the koshas and the layers of being are your physical body, your mental body. Yes. Your emotional body, Mm. your energetic body, your spiritual body. And all of those aspects of our being are equally as important. Yet we focus so much on mind. We focus on cognitive coaching. We focus on the way that we're thinking and the way that we're doing things. And I believe in this new paradigm that we bring more balance to all of those layers. Because if you're only transforming on the layer of mind, and you're ignoring the other layers of being, you're not going to have a lasting transformation, nor are you going to feel a deep sense of fulfillment that I believe we all long to feel. Mm. So embodiment and transformational embodiment, which is my methodology, is really about creating transformation on every layer of our being. It's mental, it's emotional, it's energetic, it's physical, it's spiritual. Mm. Yeah, we talked about that briefly beforehand. It's like, if you're just focused on the mental, and I've been in this boat, it's like I can refine, I can tweak my habits, but then I can almost be chasing the wrong rabbit down a road that doesn't even feel right. And it's, I've gone, I've made such, such great progress, but it might be in the complete wrong direction. So I, I love your approach to a more holistic, tapping in, aligned um, approach so that you know, you're going in the right direction, maybe even a little slower if it's not, so masculine, go, 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 um, do, do, do. Yes, because another part of right, this new paradigm, it's in the right direction. It's, it's aliveness over automation. Mm. And for me, that is really about being in the present as well. Mm. We automate so many things in our lives today. Can we step out of that just a little bit? Yeah. So that we make space for aliveness and for presence. Yeah. And what... What effect does that have on, like, my audience is kind of, like, start... I I came from an athletics background, so a lot of my audience Uh is ex-athletes, and so they have that achievement mindset. What what effect does this kind of approach have to that, if that makes sense? Like, how does this aligned, like, full integrated approach affect our actual life output? Mm, Such a great question. There's so much research on... Um, on our DNA and how we can really reprogram through the way that we're feeling and through thoughts, thoughts are part of that, how we can actually reprogram our way of being, how we can reprogram our physicality as well, how if you are an athlete listening with deeper spiritual practice, with the emotional awareness as well, and cultivating new emotions and new feelings within yourself and having holding visualizations of that, of that which you want to accomplish, you can actually bring your entire beingness to new things that you may want to achieve in your performance. Mm. And instead of just focusing on, on something physically, and I actually think that in sports coaching too, those pieces of like visualization and mindset and all of that do come into play. Mm-hmm. And I think that another layer of that is the emotions and the energetics of what it is you're trying to do. Mm. Yeah, that is fascinating. That's a unta- the, the visualization meditation that's begin to enter that world. Mm-hmm. The energetics is 
not yet. And so I think that's going to be a very interesting aspect. Yes. And will we move into a space where energy healing, where Reiki, where things like that will become integrated into, say, an athlete's performance and what an athlete is able to accomplish? I think so. I have these conversations with Mm. our dear friend, Aaron Alexander of the Align Method. And um, Aaron is a good friend of mine. And we talk about this a lot because I think Aaron does a good job actually of that, um, that integrated aspect of training. Like Mm. when he is training his body, there is a big energetic piece. Mm. And he does focus a lot on the emotions and being with certain emotions and cultivating other emotions Mm. in order to stay in the kind of physical um, peak states that he that he strives to be in Mm. and having that um, those shifts in his body and having more range of motion and flexibility and all those things that he talks about the energetic piece the emotional piece are things that he's integrating into his movement work and performance work Mm. which i think is really incredible Mm. so he's definitely one that has a lot of wisdom in that space yeah so you have a new book coming out new book coming out tell me about it (laughs) (laughs) so you were there for the book launch of the rituals yeah and which is an amazing book thank you yeah i have a follow-up called the rituals journal which is a series of Mm. written practices for personal transformation and there are 10 core practices to engage in and then there's an ongoing daily practice that only takes a few minutes in the morning and a few minutes at night to tap into your beingness Mm -hmm. and to take on more embodiment practices and things like stream of consciousness and it's just a few minutes in the morning a few minutes at night we do things like create a to be list instead of just a to do list and we start to create that balance between Mm. head and heart masculine and feminine being doing all of it Um, in a process that is super fun and allows you to transform every area of your life. Can you give us a practice you you talked about beforehand? Maybe we could give my audience something, you know, like anything we could take away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's maybe, I, I don't think I can ever pick just one. So there might be a few that I think can get people... Um, started on this journey. Perfect. There is a Tibetan Buddhist practice that I love, and it is a practice of sky gazing. Mm. And I pair the sky gazing with stream of consciousness. So what this looks like, and this is a, a core practice that I like to give people, especially when they're starting on their journey of embodiment and experiencing these different layers of being and being able to connect to their emotional body and feeling that as a, as a body, their energetic body and feeling that and what lives in that energy space. So when you are doing the sky gazing, you're looking up at the sky and you're watching the clouds go by. The reflection of that is seeing yourself, seeing your true nature, seeing your spiritual body as the vast blue sky. Any kind of any kind of cloud or weather system passing through, it just passes through. The sky does not cling on to, attach to clouds or weather systems. So it's this process of beginning to contemplate for yourself your vast, luminous blue nature, just like that blue sky, and 
noticing the feelings, the thoughts, anything that is, is passing through you as feelings, as thoughts, mm. not clinging to them because sometimes we get so stuck in a particular emotion, mm. especially an emotion that we're labeling as negative. Mm. And if we can see it as something that's simply passing through and we're not trying to cling to it, that's really where our freedom lies. And then we can drop deeper into contemplation and This kind of personal inquiry, this asking of who am I, is something that was really created. The the father of personal inquiry, inquiry would be Ramana Maharshi. And we ask, who am I really? So pairing Mm. this sky gazing practice with with this question, who am I really? Mm. If we can think a thought, it means that we are not the thought because who is the thinker? If we can feel a feeling, it means that we are not that feeling. Who is the feeler? And who am I really? So continuing to dive deeper into that inquiry, and I think that the the clouds just allow, that visual allows people to just get it on a deeper level. It lands on a deeper level, which is why I love that practice Mm. paired with the stream of consciousness. I love that. So that is one stream of consciousness with what does my highest self want me to know right now? Mm. That's a great question for you to explore Mm. what might be your best next steps, Mm. where you want to flow to next, what you want to learn, what you want to discover. And then this idea of, of beingness and exploring that further. I invite people to find, and this is a little easier in the actual book, so if you want to grab a copy of the Rituals Journal, it's easier to do some of these practices, including this one in the book. Finding the essence in the things that you long for or the things that you desire. So if you want to have a million dollars, like we were talking about earlier, what is the essence in that desire? What do you believe having a million dollars in your bank account will allow you to feel? And taking it one step further, what can you do to feel that way right now Mm. without even having it? Because how we are being really determines what we end up seeing in the world, Mm. including what we end up seeing in our bank account, what we end up seeing in our relationships, in (laughs) our community, in in anything that we engage in. So find the essence, find the feeling in the things that you really want in your life right now. If there's something you want, if there's someone that you want, a relationship that you want, like what is it that you really want? How do you want to feel in that? Mm. And... How can you feel that way right now? How can you take that essence? And for me, essences are, and feelings are a little different. For me, an essence is the essence of abundance, the essence of freedom, the essence of creativity, the essence of joy, the essence of aliveness, leadership, organization, the divine feminine, the divine masculine. It's finding the essences that we want to embody. And then how I take that further is creating these like essence cocktails in a way, recipes. So Mm. at any given time, depending on some of the things going on in my business and my life, I might have like five, three to five essences that I am embodying going out into the world. Mm. 
and that changes everything. Mm. It changes how I be, and when I change how I be, I change what I see. Mm. When I change what I be, I change what I see. That's, I love that. Mm. Assuming you would, ch- this is my favorite last question to ask, assuming yeah. you would change nothing and that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. What- Which is true. Exactly. <laughs> I am exactly where I'm supposed to be. Of course you Right are. here, of all the places that we could be in the entire universe, we are right here on this couch. I love it. At your home in <laughs> Venice, California. There we go. How cool is that? This is amazing. Yeah. Like, what had to happen for us to be here together I know, in this all the conversation? the parts that came together. Yeah. Every part that had to come together for mm. us to be having this conversation right now is Man, like it is unfathomable. Yeah, it is weird. Whoa. That's that. how I bring mindfulness to things, by the way. It's mm. like dropping into that. Like, where I am right now, what had to happen for me to be right, right here, here in this moment? Having this conversation with you, with this beautiful dog, Wolf, right here. Wolf, you are gorgeous, and you are just so calm now and sleeping. Like, yeah. what beautiful energy you are just mm. bringing to our experience. And, like, mm. what did it take for Wolf and me and you to be here together? Wow. And for the people listening to actually find you and for this to be streaming mm. into their ears, like, the technology that it takes to make that happen whoa wow how lucky are we we're so lucky whoa <laughs> I, I do that all the time with him he, he's the best reminder of that he came into my life so weird uh, friends bought him i ended up taking like it's things like that are awesome boy. so that's yeah. beautiful like what is wow. a piece of encouragement <laughs> or advice you would give yourself at age 25 Ooh, at age 25 as i pet the dog When I reflect on who I was at 25, I, at that age, had quite a few insecurities Mm. still. Mm. And I think one of the things I spent the most energy on that was not serving my highest truth and my fullest expression at that time was managing other people's expectations of me and showing up in a way that I thought someone else wanted me to show up. I showed up in the way that I thought the world wanted me to show up. And from that space and the energy I spent managing how other people saw me or the expectations others had on me, that pulled me out of my truth and it took energy away from what could have been just more energy could have been poured into my highest path Mm. and what I felt was the right thing for me, Mm. but that I would second guess because I thought, Oh, but what is that person going to think? Or how will people see me if I shared that? Or what might my family think of this thing that I'm going to do and getting caught up in managing all of that instead Mm. of just being natural, instead of just following my own flow Mm. and following my highest desire and my highest truth. So if I could give my 25 year old self any piece of advice, it would be to stay loyal to your own soul and to the whispers that you hear and to the calling of your heart 
because it will not lead you astray. Like from future Natalie, I can tell you <laughs> that when you do that, you will never be led astray and you will always be guided towards experiences, people, opportunities mm. that are beyond your wildest dreams. Like the life that you most desire, the life that you are feeling and seeing for yourself, that is all on the other side of just letting go of what are people going to think of me? and letting go of those insecurities and just living from your own truth. And that is how you live a life beyond your wildest dreams. Mm. Beautiful way to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Natalie. Thank you. Thanks. This was amazing. And thank you all for listening. Yeah. I just am beaming you all love wherever you are in the world. And I'm so grateful that we all got to have this conversation. Together. People are going to want to find you. Where can they find you? Come find me on Instagram at Natalie McNeil. Send me a DM. Let me know what you took away and what you will embody from this interview. Mm. And also at NatalieMcNeil.com. You can find out more about the new book, order a copy of the Rituals and Rituals Journal, and also find out more about the Embodiment Institute and the work that we are doing to usher in this new paradigm of personal development. Amazing. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you. That does it for this episode. Thank you guys for listening. Share this episode if you like it. Send it to your mom, your grandma, your brother, whoever might like it. Share a screenshot to Instagram. I love when you guys do that. Again, if you're interested in learning with me and if you want me to send you articles, book recommendations, journal prompts, or anything else I can think of to support you, get added to the newsletter. I'll include a link in the show notes below. I love you guys. Hope you guys are having a good day. See you on the next episode. Bye, bye, bye.